Hi, thanks for watching Financial Sense. PPP 2.0 is now here. We're gonna be answering the most frequently asked questions. Stick around. You're listening to Financial Sense, Arizona's financial podcast that answers your real questions about money in your business and in your life. Recorded at and brought to you by National Bank of Arizona, the only bank you need. Hello, I'm your host, Brent Cannon. I'm the director of the community banking here at National Bank of Arizona. Thank you so much for joining us today. On this episode of Financial Sense, we are discussing PPP 2.0, the second round of Paycheck Protection Program just recently becoming available. With us to discuss this important topic is longtime guest, John Lewis. John's our regional business banking manager. John, welcome. Thanks for having me. You bet. And also with us, new to the show, is Laura Schaefer, Director of Operations and Technology here at National Bank of Arizona. Laura, welcome. Thank you. Uh, as a reminder, on this podcast, we like to give people insights that they can only get from a friend in the business. So with that, I think we'll delve right in and uh, into the subject of PPP 2.0 with John and Laura. So, so let's start. Laura, I'll, I'll toss the first question to you. PPP 1.0, kind of talk about our role, what we did, volume, kind of give the listeners uh, some context. Sure. In early April of last year, we got word that this program was going to be available for our small business customers. And we pulled together literally dozens of employees from every different job across the company to build a technology solution that would allow our customers to apply and upload all their documents online and to really automate the flow of the application to get money out to our customers as quickly as we could. Uh, we were able to make over 5,000 loans in 160 communities in, uh, all across Arizona. And we were really excited and gratified to be able to help our customers that way. Yeah, that's some great context. And, you know, you start, you stop to think about that 160 communities uh, across the state. I know it's yeah. something we're all proud of. John, any, any perspective on 1.0? Yeah, as Laura said, I mean, there's a lot of all hands on deck, uh, finding ways to, to make sure that we got to the customers while the customers needed to get um, to help their businesses continue to, to go. If you think about in April, a lot of uh, businesses were completely shut down and they didn't know where the next uh, cent of revenue might come from. And so it was a very critical time for them. And it was great to be able to provide um, that much needed capital to help them move along. You know, I, I remember going through this and listening to both of you during the when we were doing this in April uh, of 2020. But I, I think we all carried as a badge of honor that we were able to operationalize um, a program where we delivered over 5000 loans in a short period of time, effectively be the pipeline for um, stimulus from from the federal government. And which is, I think, an incredible success by the industry, not just by National Bank of Arizona. So the first round of PPP loans, and John, I'll, maybe you can answer this. What were some of the key industries that we, uh, that we saw we helped uh, take, take advantage of the PPP loans? Absolutely. So in, our, for, in Arizona, we saw that the three largest being construction, healthcare, and hospitality. Um, I think all of those at that time weren't quite sure what was going to happen next, especially the, the hospitality sector um, where, you know, people quit traveling and their, their businesses were really just shut down um, to, to basically zero. Right. Yeah. Just, I mean, you know, we talk about this all the time, but, but how do you plan for a pandemic where you literally go from uh, whatever your revenues were to zero? <laughs> 
I, I, I'm not sure how you plan for that. Brent, the other industry that we really worked with was our not-for-profit organizations. We had over 300 loans to not-for-profit organizations. And if you just think about all the different events and fundraising and all the things that not-for-profits rely on for their revenue, that all came to a halt last year. That's such a great point, Laura. uh, I'm so glad you brought that up. It's you know, the other part of that is if you if you read anything about National Bank of Arizona, you'll read that that is uh, our co- probably the at the center of our core value uh, of our core values. Uh, you know, providing uh, services and supporting our communities. Um, so let's move on to the forgiveness phase um, of 1.0. I'll toss it to you, John, to start with. Uh, let's talk about kind of dates, right? Um, when could people uh, begin the forgiveness process, uh, and 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 let's talk about kind of some of the details as it relates to the forgiveness process. Yeah, absolutely. So these these borrowers on the PPP loans, um, they could start their forgiveness process as soon as they were done with their covered period, which was either eight or twenty four weeks. Okay. In a lot of instances, most people elected to go with the with the twenty four week period. Um, and that's when they can start applying, but they weren't required to apply until for up to 10 months after their covered period. And so there's quite a few um, customers who hadn't have not um, applied for forgiveness yet just because they, they've had the time to, to work through it. Um, so that that is still ongoing because we know that uh, Congress uh, recently approved uh, a more streamlined application for forgiveness for loans under one hundred and fifty thousand dollars, which is still being finalized. Um, so there's a lot of clients who are, are holding off to f- submit for final forgiveness until that rolls out. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, Laura, what, from a process standpoint, do customers begin and, and go through the same process for uh, forgiveness application as they did for PPP for the actual app- loan application? Essentially, the technology is the same. The customer's logging into a site and uploading all of their documentation there so that we can review all of that and get them submitted for the forgiveness process. Okay. So that, that makes sense. And I think that, uh, you know, for, for users, that's, that it's a, a much simpler process, uh, not having to change platforms or programs. Uh, John, it, I've heard about the the hundred under one hundred and fifty thousand uh, loans for one hundred fifty thousand or less. Uh, is there is, is that where the streamline cut cut is, or is it a higher amount? So there there is uh, various various levels. So the the at one hundred and fifty thousand and below, it it becomes a, a certification. Um, basically, they're, you're certifying that you utilize the funds. Um, the appropriate way and so that there's not documentation to be provided above that. Then there's a level between 150 and 2 million um, that is is providing documentation, a little bit more information than anything above 2 million requires an additional level of, of, of application where there's additional form that must be completed and additional things that they have to, the customer has to attest to. And um, our experience thus far is the SB is actually doing their own review on all those over $2 million once we submit them to it. 
So let's, uh, so we've talked about PPP 1.0, we've talked about the forgiveness process. And, and so now we're going to go into really the, the, the subject of this podcast, which is PPP 2.0. Um, our, our businesses that received PPP, uh, initial PPP loans, are they eligible for PPP 2.0 loans? Uh, John, you start. Yes. Yeah, they, they are. And that the intent with, uh, the 2.0 is to further help those businesses um, that did get a first draw. Um, with the program that's in place, there's actually uh, businesses can still apply for a first draw for those that didn't get a PPP loan in 2020. And so if you're a business that didn't get a PPP loan, but you qualify, you can still apply for a first draw right now. Um, and then also follow it up with that up with a second draw. Um, the second draw is for those who already had a PPP loan and to be able to get additional funds. Um, and it's based off of them being able to demonstrate that they had a 25% reduction in revenue in one quarter in 2020. Okay. This question, Laura, I'd like to get, your, get you to weigh in on. Uh, what are some of the chief differences that you're seeing in, uh, in, in PPP 2.0 versus PPP 1.0? In some ways, it's a little more complicated this time. I, you know, John talked about if you didn't get a loan the first time, you can still get a loan through that first round of funding. There's also a little bit more documentation that's required. So John spoke to, we, they've got to demonstrate a 25% reduction in revenue. And so borrowers are going to see a requirement to sort of prove that up with financial statements and or tax returns and so forth. And so that wasn't a requirement in that first round. So those are a couple of interesting differences between PPP 1.0 and, and 2.0. Uh, I've also heard that there's a difference in what the funds can be used for and ultimately be forgiven for in 2.0. John, you want to provide some context and information on that? Yeah, and I think, you know, as we went through PPP1, uh, it was realized that, hey, you know, people have, you know, rent and utilities, things that they have to pay. And that was included as, as, a, as an acceptable expense in round one. Some of the things that were not included that it came to light as we went through this pandemic is, hey, how about the money I had to spend to upgrade my, my Wi-Fi or my cloud network because everybody's working at home or to buy PPE equipment to be able to keep my employees safe and healthy, um, even to, hey, the money I had to spend because the uh, somebody came and destroyed my property um, and, and I had to fix it. Um, and one of the things that I think all of us has noticed that uh, plexiglass. Everybody's got plexiglass everywhere, right? And so that was thrown in there to utilize the PPP funds for. Yeah, Laura, uh, a lot of borrowers are under the impression that PPP 2.0 is simply an extension of PPP 1.0, but these are different loans. Is that right? Is that right? These are entirely new loans. So it'll be just like applying, you know, for the first loan. So my, you know, as, as a whole new. So my information that I gave you back in April, uh, you can't just use it again. That's true. It's a brand new application. Right. Laura, one, one of a uh, misconception that I've also heard uh, is and read about is our businesses believing they have to have employees uh, to be eligible for, for a loan. Can you speak to that? 
Yes, I'm hearing that a lot too, just especially as I'm out talking to really small businesses, you know, the hairstylist, the nail technician, you know, sole proprietors, you know, maybe a sole practitioner, attorney, you know, those types of folks who think that maybe they're not eligible because they don't have any employees. So my strong advice would be for if you have a business of any kind, review the regulation, look at sba.gov and see what the requirements are, because you might be surprised that most businesses do qualify um, if you're in some way impacted you know, by the pandemic. So you do not have to have employees in order to be eligible. Okay, that's good, good information. Uh, John, I, I know there's a slight difference in the, in the 2.0 versus 1.0 for, for certain industries uh, regarding uh, or help uh, calculating their loan amount. Can you talk about that? Yeah, there's certain uh, industry codes um, where the, the calculation of the loan amount will be higher based off of those harder hit industries, um, such as uh, restaurants, um, such as uh, hotels. And in the regulation, it spells out the, the, the code um, that, that that applies to. For the industry. With, for, for that industry, yes. Um, and so with that, in the calculation of a PPP loan, um, there as you calculate a your monthly average monthly uh, payroll cost um, for most applicants, you you then multiply that by two point five. Uh, with the those specific industries, they're able to multiply it by three point five, um, thus providing them with uh, with a, a little bit additional help due to the fact that their industries were hit so hard. And that's that, that's a. Uh a difference or a change from PPP 1.0. That's right. Yes. Laura, what, what should a, what should a business know once they submit the application and we'll focus on National Bank of Arizona because that's, that's what we know. Uh, But, but what should, what do they need to know about the application process going into it? My first tip will be for the borrower to really review the instructions that are on the website and make sure that they're thoroughly following the direction. They're a little bit lengthy, but also really important because if any of those documents are listed there or not provided to us, then we can't move forward with the loan. But once the borrower applies on our website, then we have a team of people who are reviewing those applications. So it's first going to go to a National Bank of Arizona banker. So it might be somebody who works in one of our branches or a commercial banker or business banker somewhere in our company. And they're going to review everything that that borrower submitted to see if it meets all of the criteria that is required. That banker is most often going to contact that customer then by phone just to review everything, make sure we've got everything that we need, any clarifying questions. Then that application will go through a quality check and it then gets submitted to the SBA for its final approval. So the SBA is obviously the final approver uh, to determine that everything is in order, that the business qualifies, and then they will issue an approval back to National Bank of Arizona. So that's all done through technology and online portal where all of the banks can submit applications and they'll grant us then an approval number. The borrower will then receive from us an approval letter, a confirmation letter, and uh, they will then 
know that they've got their loan and those funds will be deposited directly into their National Bank Arizona deposit account. So it's a, it's a pretty quick process once we get everything that we need. I know this is probably putting you both on the spot, but I'm going to ask the question because if I'm listening to this podcast, it's probably the first question that pops into my mind. Uh, how long is the process going to take? <laughs> we set the expectation of about two weeks for the entire process. Keeping in mind that we're not entirely in control of that process. So the SBA has to grant their approval before we can fund our borrower. And they are in control of that timeline. That's about what our experience has been um, from beginning to end. Within a couple of weeks, a borrower should have funds in their account. Which is a segue, Laura, a question for you. Uh, if I'm a small business customer and whether I have 1.0, a PPP, whether I've, I've uh, obtained a PPP 1.0 loan or not, if I'm interested in getting a loan, as say at National Bank of Arizona, how, how do I start the process? What's, what direction would you give me? Well, if you already got a loan from National Bank of Arizona in the first round, you can go right back to the website where you submitted everything to a first time, log in using the same credentials and start a new application for the second round. If you're not a customer with us yet, or you didn't take out a loan the first time, you can visit our website at nbarizona.com. And we've got a whole host of information there. There's a lot of links the sba.gov website ppp program um, we'd love to be in any of our branches so on our website also you can make an appointment with a banker and win and talk with a banker we've done a huge amount of work getting all of our bankers up to speed on this program so any one of our branch managers would be very knowledgeable and be able to help you kind of walk through the process and make sure you understand what you need to do to submit um, to get a ppp loan going i i think that's an important uh, and critical uh, discussion point for anyone listening that's not a customer we we're not a transaction bank we want you know we we'll, we will literally bend over backwards to to serve the, our clients but you know we we want to do it in a relationship format we want we want to be able to look at you know your personal to your business needs and and we think we have great solutions for those needs so i i, I want to wrap up today's discussion i think we've i think john and, and Laura, I want to thank you both uh, for providing this information. Uh, but I also want to say, you know, there are a lot of unsung heroes, I think, in in the banking industry. And, and that, you know, at one time or another would have been a, probably an oxymoron to say. I mean, banks weren't always in favor. Uh, but I'll tell you that what I've watched in this industry um, is 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 uh, our bankers, very much like John Lewis and Laura Schaefer, who have come together and worked tireless hours along with the bankers to put together incredible efforts uh, so that small businesses could get that funding. So I want to thank you both for joining me today and uh, and for joining the podcast. Um, and, and thank you so much for the great information. Thank you. Thank you. We'd love you to check out more episodes at your favorite podcasting platform or watch us on YouTube. If you have any questions, comments, we'd love to hear those too. Leave a comment. We'll see you next time. 
PPP loans subject to SBA approval. Restrictions may apply. See a banker for details. All price references and market forecasts correspond to the date of this recording. But this podcast should not be copied, distributed, published, or reproduced in whole or in part. The information contained in this podcast does not constitute research, recommendations, representations, or warranties as to the accuracy or completeness of the statements of any information contained in this podcast and any liabilities from Zions Bank Corporation N.A. or its divisions, including direct, indirect, or consequential loss or damage, is expressly disclaimed. The views expressed in this podcast may not be those of Zions Bank Corporation N.A. or any of its divisions. Zions Bank Corporation N.A. is not providing any financial, economic, legal, accounting, or tax advice or recommendations in this podcast. In addition, the receipt of this podcast by any listener is not to be taken as constituting the giving of advice, investment, or otherwise by Zions Bank Corporation N.A. to that listener. Copyright reserved by Zions Bank Corporation N.A. National Bank of Arizona is a division of Zions Bank Corporation N.A. Member FDIC.